welcome to The Spawn Chunks, episode number 27 for Monday, February 18th, 2019. My name is Johnny, but the foxes at the bottom of my garden probably know me as Pixel Riffs, and joining me, as always, is Joel Duggan. Hey, Joel. Hello, sir. It is halfway through February already. What uh, the crap? Yeah, my brain is like slightly melting at the thought <laughs> of how fast this year has already progressed, but that means we've got six or more episodes of The Spawn Chunks under our belt, which is a very exciting thing. Yes, uh, I, we're quickly approaching episode 30, which is exciting. Yes, yeah, and beyond that, episode 32, the half stack, the milestone oh, yes. we all wait but, for. I, I, we, have to, we have to speak in, in Minecraft terms. Yeah, exactly. Right. We must, must work right. in multiples of eight and that kind of thing. <laughs> so uh, let, let's speak more about these Minecraft terms. What have you been up to in Minecraft this week? So I worked very hard uh, last week for people that are in uh, our Discord and even on Twitter and stuff like that. You might have noticed my absence, uh, and that was because I was at a conference. So I didn't get to really touch base and play at all during the week. Uh, but I also accomplished enough uh, professionally that I was like, I'm taking the weekend to do whatever I want. Oh, I love those weekends. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, and and it was great. I I may may have played a little bit too much Minecraft because on top of streaming for a few hours both Saturday and Sunday, uh, I also I also played I also played off stream. Uh, so because again it was like there's nothing going on. I have no friends in town that wanted to go. Out. Like I mean it was just a very quiet weekend. Mm -hmm. uh, I think a lot of people had either gone out on Valentine's Day or were going out on the weekend. For sure, their, yeah. You, you, know, you feel those you know, purse strings tighten after you've had yeah, like well, a, a nice yeah. dinner date or something. Yeah, yeah. Well, or or the or people avoided the the price gouge on the 14th and waited until the 18th and yeah. <laughs> or the or the 16th or something like that and went on on a Saturday. Uh, so I I was streaming and I decided to not approach the stream like making an episode on Saturday, uh, which is what I tend to do. I try to kill two birds with one stone. I try to create my, my YouTube episodes out of my streams. And uh, I just decided to have a super, super chill stream because I knew I was going to be doing a lot of counting. Uh, we decided on the server to put a spawn-proofing ring around the already decent gold farm that we have in the nether. So not mm -hmm. on top of the nether. I dealt with that question many, many times during the stream. I'm sure, yeah. Uh, yeah, but but we have it in the middle of a, lo of a huge lava lake. Like, not just the lava lake, but it is massive. Uh, so out of the 128-block radius that you need to, to clear for a spawn ring around the farm, uh, around the player, excuse me. I want to say about half of that is already just lava. Yeah. If not more. So we were talking about it and Matt cast on the server said, hey, why don't we slab this and try to increase the, the rates? And really it's less about the rates and more about maintaining the aggro chain. Yeah. Some of the changes that happened with 1.13 uh, made the farm less efficient. And for us, it means less AFKable. Uh, it's one of the few XP farms where you can just kind of sit there and the zombie pigmen will pile into the minecarts, get entity crammed, and you're good. Uh, however, uh, when that aggro chain breaks, you then have to return to the computer to, you know, anger one again. Mm -hmm. So I decided to spend Saturday building this giant ring around the entire uh, entire lava lake. And so you got, you know, there's points where you're hovering over lava, you know, pucker moments where you're you're doing like one block bridges with slabs at angles and all that kind of stuff. Ghasts are spawning like every yes. five seconds and you're just like, run away. And, and so it was a good, it was a fun entertaining stream because I wasn't constantly trying to do like content for YouTube. It was just chill, hanging out with folks, had a lot of really cool people in the chat uh, and only made one very small mistake over the course of like a dozen blocks in that entire ring. Mm -hmm. So I was very happy about that. Very uh, good. It was a lot very of fun. Good. Didn't even die once. I did. I did have, I did have uh, 
uh, noob juice. I had uh, fire resist potions on my hot bar. For just sure. In case, yeah. Yeah. Just if, if, if you're working happened. over a lava lake of that size, especially like there is no yep. shame in having some fire resistance. It's almost mandatory. A ghast fireballs yep. you. You don't want to lose all of your elytra and mending gear and everything. Like it, mm-hmm. it makes perfect sense. Even pro Minecraft players at this point yeah. are probably doing that. Yeah. Fast forward to the next day when I'm back in the nether and decided that I wanted to continue with the project because I had so much fun on stream, decided that I was going to approach it a little bit more like an episode. And so uh, Alistair w- was on stream and not on mic with me, but he was on stream and we were, he was running gas duty. So he was shooting the gas and I was moving the road that approaches the, uh, the gold farm and creating a little bit more of a, a reveal as you approach it, as opposed to just the industrial cobblestone path Sure. we had so yeah. i was designing the path of it and coming into the circle at an angle and you know rather than this weird straight kind of intersection it was an it, it's easier to see on camera uh but i was there and i was swooping around and doing all kinds of stuff and we were shooting gas and having fun and every time a gas appeared it was great because you'd have like both alistair matcast and, and myself like all three of us just firing these flaming arrows at this gas so it really looked like the gas was being bombarded from the ground <laughs> nice which is really fun until I threw an ender pearl at one by mistake. Oh no! Oh, that's <laughs> that's not a projectile you want to be throwing at a ghast, my friend. No, 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 no. So uh, true to form, uh, without a fire resist potion on my hotbar or in my inventory, I was just like, I saw it go. I was like, oh crap. Yeah, I, I love I love those moments where you can see your own death coming, and you're just like, well, yeah. there's nothing I can do about this. This is this is the end of me. Yeah. And I was smart enough to throw a second ender pearl. Unfortunately, I was a little trigger happy. And rather than throwing it at the top of the gold farm, which is all glass, which is what I should have done, I threw it to the left, which was land side. And it hit before my first pearl hit the lava. Oh, no. Oh, so, so the timing I, I was had, off. Yeah, the timing was off. Because had, had the first pearl, had the second pearl landed on top of the gold farm, or, or had it landed second, I would have been okay. Like I, I would have, I would have been on fire, and I would have taken some serious damage. But even if I had died, my stuff just would have been on the on the shore of the lava lake sure. next to Alistair. Yeah, yeah. Maybe lost a couple things in a fire, depending on where that pearl landed. But no, nothing drastic. But I lost the whole kit, everything, <laughs> and uh, live on camera first. 10 minutes of the stream just like well okay then yeah, well like i know what we're doing for the rest of today yeah exactly yeah. and well oh actually th- this is the thing like i the server's been up for almost two years so i have backup gear i had i didn't have a backup elytra we had to go get that after but but i had backup gear and and i didn't need elytra for the stream because i'm in the nether and i thought well i don't want to lose them again and and i don't people on stream are gonna be bored with me trading with villagers and getting mending and stuff back on my gear so i just grabbed the backup gear. It's like that ah, this will be fine you know i won't i won't uh I won't be able to get around without using Ender Pearls, but that's fine. Uh, so I did the rest of the stream without without main gear, and it, w- it was just it was just fine. Um, it helps it helps so much to have backup gear. If you there's nothing more frustrating than sitting down to play Minecraft, losing all your stuff, and realizing you have to go get your stuff back because you have nothing. Yeah, it's it's really really frustrating. So I always have backup gear, which is which is good. Uh, but that's that's my story. I had a lot of fun. I wanted I wanted to thank you for the the. Uh, raid there yesterday oh, hey, on no stream problem. had a lot of great folks really cool folks that came into the stream really fun people to talk to so hi to all those folks and and uh, really appreciate the the conversation that was happening in the chat yesterday it was a lot of a lot of fun what about you like what have you been doing in minecraft this week? i i actually have a similar story but one in a another dimension in fact two separate dimensions completely different to the nether i had i had fun experiences building the guardian farm the guardian farm went very well first of all the build process of it went well i didn't die at all during the 
the construction of it, which I'm pretty happy about, considering that when yeah. Carbon Iskel first built this farm on the Hermitcraft server, they died probably about a hundred times collectively between the two of them. But I, I was I was very proud up until this point of the fact that the only time I had died in the Minecraft Survival Guide world was intentional. I jumped off into the void after raiding the end, after putting all of my stuff in an ender chest, and that was mm -hmm. the one death that I had. And I was braggy about this, which ultimately led to my downfall. Because, uh, yeah, I did the Guardian farm, those two episodes went out, and it was great, and then I was just hanging out, like, waiting for some Guardians to pile up in the area so I could kill them, and I don't know what it was, like, I, I hadn't eaten enough, I took a couple of swings at them with the Thorns effect damaging me, and then a few of them just lasered me at a point where I couldn't, like, hit them back, and I took my second death to Guardians, um, and, and yeah, so that was, that was death number two. So that happened, but since then I have been working on, I was working on this on stream the other day on the appearance of the kind of drop chamber for the Guardians, so I have a storage system in there now, I have a water elevator to take me back up to the surface, there's like a little oh, temple nice. on the surface now that you can just kind of drop down into, and then there's dispensers that trigger all the way up to form a water column to get you out. Uh, mainly because I didn't want to use one of those magma block block swappers, because I find the magma block thing kind of uh, like unnecessary the block swapper itself is simple but magma blocks kind of annoy me with the the pulling you down thing they don't work particularly fast a safe fall into a water block at the bottom is much better so oh yeah so i kind of went you with can, that you can you can swim down a regular water column faster than a magma block will yeah. pull you so the, yeah. the fact that the fact that people like those kind of shifting bubble columns, I just go, no, I'll form a, a soul sand bubble column when I want it. The rest of the time it can be like tidied away in dispensers. Made it way mm -hmm. more complicated in terms of the redstone. And I think a few people got a little bit frustrated in my stream the other day because I'm not all that good at coming up with redstone stuff on the fly. And this needed very specific timing so that all of the dispensers activated a second time to retract the water after I got to the surface. Uh, mm. But I got that done on stream the other day, and that was great. The episode that went out today almost caused my third death of the series because I was doing the trick where you trap the wither in bedrock as part of the Minecraft survival guide to kind of teach Java players how to do that in case, you know, you don't feel like fighting the wither. You fought the wither enough times to prove that you can beat it yourself. You just want a quick kill. Everybody does this, you know, like, like we mm -hmm. said before, professional Minecrafters do this at this point. They're just like, I want a beacon. I don't want the hassle of having to fight the wither with all of the potions yep. and the chances of dying and everything. So the first time I spawned the wither under the bedrock portal, I spawned it in the wrong place and it got out. And so that was heart <laughs> in my mouth kind of moment. And I think I handled it on the video very well. Luckily, I had a light and enough fireworks that I could then fight the wither from the air in the end. And it was too busy fighting the enderman most of the time to really care. Let me tell you, once you get the wither down to half health and it enters that second phase where it can't really fly all that much, it just kind of drifts around on the surface, the enderman take that guy down real well. Like, it's a surprise, but enderman kind of dealing damage to it, they get killed all the time, but they just keep respawning. So they keep coming back right. to fight the wither and it aggros them very easily. And because it's just you know, fireballing them all with skulls constantly. So the Enderman almost stole the kill from me, <laughs> which was a I real was surprise. Say, like, if they kill it, do you not get the drop? I think it drops a nether star regardless. I think whatever okay. kills it, you still get the star to drop because I think I've killed it with commands, which don't normally drop the drops uh, in like a creative right. test world and it still drops the nether star. So I think it's a 100% mm. chance. But even so, I was like, I still want to have killed the wither, you know, for my own like mm. statistics screen or something, if nothing else. Mm -hmm. But yeah, eventually I caught up to it and I managed to deliver the final blow. Went to get three more wither skulls, which I didn't have a farm for. So it still took me another, you know, 45 minutes to an hour to get the 
the uh, the remaining skulls, did it right the second time for the video, but then it made the video, I think, more entertaining. And that one's gone out today. So if anybody who has not seen that already wants to go and check that out, uh, yeah, I would appreciate it because it was, it was one of those panic moments. And afterwards, I added in a bit for the video that was like, okay, I'm about to make a very bad mistake. Do not copy what I'm doing exactly. Watch till the end of the video to see how to do it right. And then laugh at me, and, yeah, nice. and no, but but it's it's gone super well, and I, I was I was pretty happy that I didn't end up dying as a result of that fight because it could have gone yeah. south very quickly. I still remember the Harmony series where you and Python took oh, on the Wither, and, yeah. and it got out, and it got out into the wide open overworld, uh, and it, you guys were fighting it on a hillside, and it was just owning face. Like, yeah, you guys were toasted. The like, wit- it was really. Yeah, the it was on, so the, funny to watch. on the surface, it's really difficult to fight. Like the previous fight I'd done for this series, I did it at the bottom of the world in a cave somewhere where it's just going to have to break through stone if it goes any further upwards, and I was able to take it out no problem. But when you get it on the surface, it hovers above you and then doesn't like leave that position all that much. And firing up at it while it's shooting skulls at you is really difficult. So because yeah, yeah. they explode, like they have an area of effect when they when they land. Like, exactly. Is- yeah. Yeah, it's like a ghast with a Gatling gun. Like <laughs> basically, really, really difficult to that's fight. A mo- like, that's I, a I movie can... I would watch. Uh, yes, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> I would, especially if the ghasts have like an Austrian accent, like old Schwarzenegger <laughs> no, action absolutely. film. That would be that would be hilarious. Yes, uh, I, I've watched your Guardian Farm. Uh, the two, the two, the, the the start of the construction, and then I think the adding of the killing chamber. I don't think I've seen the follow up. Yes, um, but um, that it was. Those are really well done. I really enjoyed. Uh, even though I know how to make that farm. I, I really enjoyed like watching you put it together because everybody always has like a slightly different take on how they're going to approach yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah, and, and everybody uh, in and the comments has a slightly different take on it as well, it turns out, yeah. because I had a ton of people saying, why didn't you build this type of Guardian farm or that type of Guardian farm? And to be honest, if we're talking about this series being for people who are new to Minecraft, this project totally looks like overkill, and it is. But I feel like I acknowledged that enough in the video, and I just went, you mm. know what? I want to have a Guardian farm that will last me for the rest of my life, effectively. Yeah. And that's yeah, what yeah. I've... What that's what I've got right now. And those and soul sand ones, yeah, they're, they're so straightforward. They're very easy to understand. And they are so much simpler to set up than the old sand perimeter, clear out the entire thing, drain it entirely of water, and then build something in the middle. It took mm-hmm. maybe half the time, probably even like oh, even less, less than time than, than it would have yeah. taken to to fill the entire thing and like clear it all out with sand or sponges or anything like that. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, I thoroughly recommend those soul sand designs if they work for you on your platform, because I understand sometimes they don't on console or bedrock or whatever but uh mm-hmm. yeah no it's it's a great system and it works super well yeah no it's also really fun to watch too it's just an awful lot of guardians all being funneled into <laughs> into one spot like a, the, uh, I, yeah. I i named the second video the payoff for a reason because it does feel like a payoff you're like finally yeah. all of these guys under my control at last yeah quick question before we get into the news uh with the spawning rates of the guardian and the distance is there a specific distance that you have to move the guardians out of the ocean monument box I think like, it's, do you have to get them out of a certain area? It's nothing to do with the mob cap. I think it's like like it would be with a, a mob spawner cage. I think it's just to do with your distance from the monument itself. And I, I think I think eventually, like yeah, you, you would you would probably hit a hard limit of how many guardians the game wants to spawn in there. But I think yeah, like if if you get them like twenty four blocks away from you, then they're going to keep spawning and they're just going to keep getting funneled into the area. Right, so it's kill them quickly, not necessarily move them a certain distance. Yeah, I think so. I think that's that's what it comes yeah. down to. 
Because one of the things that I was thinking about, I've got a, a couple spots on um, the Citadel where I can potentially have um, double Guardian farms. And I was thinking that it would be great to have that build as somewhere near where I decide to design a sci-fi zone. Because yeah. sea lanterns and stuff like that would be, you know, handy to have yes. nearby. And I mean, despite the fact we already have a guardian farm, I just thought, you know, building a double guardian farm would have a very unique challenge. But instead of sending the the guardians down into a killing chamber, I was thinking like, well, if we need to remove them from from the spawning zone ASAP, I thought another bubble column sending them up as yeah. high as like super high in the sky would be super, super cool, too. Yeah. Uh, and I just, I didn't know whether we had to move them a certain distance horizontally yeah. or whether just getting them out of the, out of the spawning zone vertically. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I think, I, I think I didn't explain that super well. So I think to clarify, there is a limit on the amount of guardians it will spawn, but getting them out of that space doesn't mean they spawn more just because they're out of the area. Like all the guardians that are in the world count towards the maximum number of guardians. Uh, so okay, so you right, couldn't just like remove them from the area of the monument and then the monument would check for guardians and think oh there's none within this area i'll spawn some more you, like yeah right. so, so it have is to, you have to kill them yeah as you yeah. said it is about killing them quickly okay i just know we're going to so get emails it, about that if i don't clarify <laughs> oh no, no no of course no, no yeah. and that's why i asked you know that's i mean as much as i do know about the game and have learned about the game there's always something that i either don't remember correctly or it, it applies to a, a mob differently than other mobs and yeah you know like you read about a squid farm after you read about a guardian farm and then that information kind of meshes in your brain it's like, well, <laughs> yeah. which goes to which and yeah. all that kind of stuff yeah uh, well, moving on into the news, uh, we have uh, quite a few things to, to talk about this week. We yeah. have the new snapshot, Minecraft Snapshot 19W07A is out. There are foxes in the game. The narrator is now available in the menus. Paintings are broken up into individual textures, which we speculated about last week. And there are some bug fixes. One of them, uh, to make a note, is that Drowned will now throw tridents the correct way, whereas previously they were throwing them backwards, and I thought that was a funny note. <laughs> uh, and uh, there's also a, a couple of really cool things on uh, the Minecraft.net page. There was A Nation Crafted was an article that was submitted to us by Cosmic Dancer. Uh, she's an ore producer member in our um, in our Spawn Chunks Discord. And uh, we've also got Forge released for Minecraft 1.13.2, or I think either released or pending release. Uh, Minecraft has earned $110 million on mobile in 2018, and we even have a little bit of texture news to talk about. So where do you want to start, man? Do you want to start with the foxes or do you want to end with the foxes? Uh, let's end with the foxes because I feel like the okay. foxes are the, the big thing, but there's a couple of other bits I want to get yeah. to. Uh, for a start, well, the, we... the, the Forge thing I'm pretty sure is a beta, but people are still okay. like, you know, immediately getting in there. Mod authors are very keen to update the latest version. Right. Everyone's basically been waiting on Forge to come out for the longest time. So even though Lex Manos is still working on developing the full release of Forge 1.13.2, it seems like people are already hammering it pretty hard. So having good on access you guys. To, having access to the, um, the way that it's coded probably allows mod authors to at least start you know, get, yeah, get in exactly. there and begin, begin going. Yeah, you can, you can uh, see what the differences are. And I, I feel like a couple of people have already got mods out there that are probably small scale they're not like big content mods or anything but they are mm -hmm. i think already compatible with this forge beta so the the, the work nice. ethic in the modding community is always impressive to me yes no i agree and that's at minecraftforge.net the reason why i was i was curious and wanted to ask about it is because i know very little about modding but also that the default when you go to minecraftforge.net is still 1.12 like the, yeah. the page 1.13.2 is available as a link at the top but it doesn't 
it doesn't default there. So I wasn't, and there's no documentation that's clear or not, doc, not documentation, but there's no real to post titles, you know, UI information on the website that yeah. indicate this is the new beta. Sure. I, th I think it's it here. It's much like with Optifine where he'll put experimental versions and the kind of like the right. in, the preview versions of it are kind of behind another link. Behind, so you have to yeah. knowingly click through to that to accept that this is yeah. still a beta. Things might be buggy before the yeah. full release comes out. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of the new Optivine came out too. That was out on February fourteenth. Mm -hmm. So if you if you have not updated recently, folks, if you are using Optivine, then you can go check out the changes at optifine.net as well. Um, another quick one we can knock out is the Minecraft uh, earnings for uh, mobile in two thousand and eighteen. Uh, we I, I, we talk a lot about Java on the show because both Pixel Riffs and I and I play it. Uh, but I think it is absolutely worth noting that Minecraft has earned you know one hundred and ten million on just the mobile version. Mm -hmm. Uh, in 2018, which is up like seven percent, I think they said in the article. Yeah. Uh, from uh, from 2017, which is fantastic. Yeah, and it's it's again testament to the like the ongoing development of Minecraft. The fact that it's not really a finished game, quote unquote, yet. The fact that they keep producing free updates to it is still driving players to the game. And I think mm -hmm. this update in particular has been a very positive one in terms of player feedback and in terms of regaining interest for people who have lapsed from playing Minecraft. So it's been really great to see people coming back to the community. The community feels stronger than ever on YouTube and Twitch as well. And I've been following a couple of the Mojang community managers and Microsoft's community managers who work on Minecraft specifically. And they've always got positive news to report about like Minecraft's player base and the kind of online interest in Minecraft still growing after all this time. Yeah. Worth noting that the um, the entry fee is six ninety nine to pick up the app uh, in uh, in the mobile store, mm -hmm. um, but uh, so a lot of a lot of the this increase in revenue is from the Minecraft marketplace. Yeah, and and it's it's funny that it's still competitive against games which are ostensibly free to play games like Fortnite, which obviously earn all of their money through stuff like microtransactions and cosmetic purchases and stuff like that, but mm -hmm. are free to play on most platforms. It's really interesting to see that Minecraft is still getting higher player base than a lot of those games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think a good part of that is is also probably well, like you said, it's all the positive, it's all the development, it's all the you know the constantly updating, but it's also the the low price point. Like it's a it's a even though it's not free, sub ten dollars for Minecraft is still real good. Oh, for sure, yeah, definitely. You know, consider the hours of content that you that you can put into it. Um, the, the nation crafted article that Cosmic Dancer sent in is a really, really interesting read. It's about, uh, a, uh, uh, I'm assuming it's a guy he goes by Frederick, but I, it, it's hard to say, it's hard to say with online names and stuff like that. Um, it, it's a, it's a city, it's a nation that has been crafted in Minecraft. Now it's worth noting that it's, it's a survival, it's a creative world. It's not a survival world. Uh, and they've used MC Edit and and World Painter for organic stuff, and then MC Edit for like buildings and stuff that are on angles or complex shapes. But it is massive. Mm -hmm. uh, six or eight years, I think, since the the creator was in high school, and has just continued on into his twenties or her twenties. Uh, and man, like it, it's one of those things that it's not overly complicated, but it it still looks modern and great and still has that Minecraft aesthetic, if yeah. that makes any sense. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's it's still got a foundation in like grid-based things, blocky things, and it's not yeah. like 
the, the there's a texture pack, a resource pack being used here, but it's not a heavy one. And it's, no. yeah, it, it suits the build style particularly well. And a lot of the, the images you'll find here, there's some great like terraforming and forests and stuff going on. It all looks very realistic as far as like the landscape around this city that's in the header image of the article goes. But then the city yeah. itself just looks so like typical of the kind of cities that you would find in the real world this kind of like waterfront yeah. thing with skyscrapers and there's mm -hmm. there's infrastructure going on here there's a wind farm in the foreground it's it's just fascinating and yeah i i think if for a for a six to eight year project it's still very impressive i wish i had the staying power to 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 keep up a a project for six to eight years <laughs> we will yeah. we will see if i ever reach that particular standard but no doubt this builder will have uh continued their build and been going for a decade or more by that point yeah i haven't had the chance to mess around with world painter but it's, uh, it's the kind of thing that i would love to be able to incorporate into some of the stuff i do in minecraft because i do find that the default minecraft mountains and landscapes and stuff can be kind of derpy sometimes mm -hmm. and and having that mountain range in the background that looks a little bit more realistic uh i think goes goes a long way especially with trees and things like that like being able to um, to paint in trees and forests that you know, like would just be tedious and stuff to do. I mean, like we all can't be whip, you know, and, and build a mountain <laughs> in, in survival. Um, but something that kind of dawned on me, I was, I was looking over the, the buildings and realizing how colorful everything was. And granted, he's got like some, the shaders in the screenshots do make things pop a little bit, but it's like, no, these are default Minecraft blocks. This is not rocket science. It's not yeah. a huge custom texture pack. And then it dawned on me that, it's because everything is so colorful. Yeah. Like one of the things that make Minecraft builds look very quote unquote Minecraft to me in a, in a bad way, like in the, in the, in the very, oh gosh, everybody builds like that kind of way is when people get over stoned, like they get over bricked and gray blocked and everything is, everything is meant to be a skyscraper that they're all gray and metal and glass and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. There's a lot of color in this. And in the article, he goes in to say like, when I first started this, there was no concrete. So I was using wool to to get some color into the buildings. Yeah. And it makes it look like Pixar designed a city <laughs> in Minecraft. Like it's yeah. it's just it's just a little bit cartoony. Not not really cartoony, but just a little bit in terms of the flavor. Yeah. That that you kind of get a little bit of color in some of the skyscrapers. Like there's a green building, there's a blue one, uh, you know, there's there's wool that's used in signage. Uh, all that kind of stuff. And it, it, it really, really works. I, th I think it's fantastic. There's a range of architectural styles going on as well. You've got some stuff that looks very brutalist. There's some stuff that looks a little bit more art deco. There's so much variety that you can put into that. And just looking at like cities around us, you can quite easily see like the history of something through what the architecture is and where things have been built over time. And I feel mm -hmm. like that, yeah, Frederick has really kind of simulated that very well in in this build it's it's fascinating i could look around That's, this for hours oh man i i didn't check but I, I want i want the world download when it's available i don't think it's, i don't think it's done so i don't yeah. think it's available but um i, I want to go and see if there's a youtube video or something about it the football stadium is bananas <laughs> i'm sure it is it's got a retractable roof structure like it's it's the the geometry is out of this world mm -hmm. like really really cool looking uh, the and this kind of scale that that's difficult to accomplish because the roads are only like five or six blocks wide like it's not like they're ginormous so it's still player scale for the most part but yeah anyway i thought it was a fun a fun you know news clip worth yeah definitely Ch check that out in this week's show notes on the spawnchunks.com but i think we should probably get into the snapshot before we we get away from that here so 
Let's talk foxes, Joel. Yeah, so I you've had a chance to mess around with them briefly in the snapshot. I was Very busy briefly. last week, and I, I have not logged in, but I have watched a couple of YouTube videos. And the first thing that I want to note is that they're real derpy looking. They they have <laughs> they have the sheep eyeballs that kind of face in the opposite directions a yes. little bit. It's, and I it's, can't decide whether I like it or not. It's funny because the eyes actually, the eye texture wraps around the head. So if you're looking at them face on, then yes, the eyeballs are like looking in opposite directions and they're right at the edge of the the kind of flat plane of the face. But then if you mm-hmm. look at them from an angle, then the eye actually wraps around as though the eyes are on the sides of their heads. And I right. think that's kind of the first Minecraft mob texture to do that with the, the eye kind of wrapping around. And it's it's clearer on the Fox model than it is on other models because, say, like a chicken, yeah. for example, the head texture is also white. And so they've just got these beady little eyes. But mm-hmm. I think the foxes, yeah, it, it kind of makes them feel a little bit more realistic if you look at them from the side than if you do from the front. I, I noticed a lot of people on the Reddit had the same thing. They said they look like... it's kind of breaking the design tradition of only the farmyard animals have those slightly kind of wall-eyed look and the Mm -hmm. the other animals the ones that are supposed to be like you know natural either predators or just neutral mobs out in the wild should have that face forward kind of look but Mm -hmm. i feel like it it works for the foxes for me personally it may be something that changes i i'm i would be curious to see the 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 pupils be one pixel over towards the nose yeah but that could also, like you said, break when you look at it from an angle and then they might look cross-eyed. So they might have <laughs> gone with, like, it might have been the lesser of two evils. Yes. Um, it could it's, well al- it's also neither neither here nor there. Because, I mean, it, it's really, it's still very Minecrafty. It It looks, it, it fits in the game. It's it's a simple model, but it still has a nice poofy tail. And yes, I love how big and bushy and... the tail is. Having mm-hmm. having looked at the foxes in my garden and, and kind of, like, noticed them over the last year or so there's there's some that have like skinnier tails i'm not sure if it's like a male versus female thing or if it's just the age or like how well fed they've been or whatever like that allows their tail to grow that big but it's Mm -hmm. it's definitely in proportion with what i've seen of the foxes in this neighborhood so yeah it's it's a very very cool look to the the whole model one i don't remember the title of it but one of my favorite paintings by robert bateman who's a wildlife painter uh is of is of a fox uh in the snow and it's it's a beautiful, beautiful painting. And they, they do, they, you see them and you immediately think fox. And I can only imagine how difficult it was to take a long, bushy and very pointy foxtail and put it into a box <laughs> yeah. in Minecraft. Like it's, it's one of those things where like you would, you would really have a hard time making it look bushy, you know, like it just, it's, it's a, it's an interesting uh, challenge, I think, design wise. But I think, I think they pulled it off and, and they're, they also move around in a very uh, cute way. They're pretty skittish. Uh, you can uh, breed them with berries, I believe. Yeah, berries from the berry bushes, the new uh, yeah. tiger edition, which makes sense. It's kind of a package thing with the tiger yeah. update. Um, I'm not certain quite how realistic that is. Obviously, the breeding mechanics themselves are a bit unrealistic, but I don't know how often foxes eat berries in the wild. I feel like they're probably obligate carnivores. So if they yes. eat berries, then it's it's it, this seems like more of a fictional thing for these foxes to do than a, 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 mm-hmm. a simulation of real life. Speaking of foxes in the snow, by the way, before we get too far away from that, there are Arctic foxes as well as red foxes. So you get white oh, right. fox models if they spawn in snowy tigers, which is is really cool. And those have the the uh, the, the natural camouflage in the the snowy environment, which the red foxes don't. Because when I started up a creative world for the snapshot and flew into a tiger, I saw fox almost instantaneously. They stand out like like fire, you know? Mm-hmm. And and it's it's really cool seeing them out there. But the white foxes might be a little bit rarer and a little bit more difficult to track down, especially if they continue to run away from players the way they currently do. 
Yeah, and there's not much that you player can do with them. The the foxes can pick up items. Um, they have two item slots apparently, but they can only hold one item in their mouth at a time. Uh, they uh, they spawn with an item in their mouth, and there's a, I think it was an eight percent chance, something like that. It's a low eight point five percent chance. And the the items that they'll spawn in with are eggs, emeralds, feathers, leather, rabbit hide, rabbit foot, wheat, and a cooked pork chop, which is odd. Uh, so right away, if you find a fox in the wild, there's an opportunity in early game that they might actually have something worthwhile, you know, and, like and if leather. And if you can coax them into dropping it by giving it a food that's like higher up the hierarchy mm -hmm. for the fox. If, if you yeah. feed it a berry, for example, then it's going to, it's going to potentially yep. drop whatever it's got in its mouth before it eats it. Yeah. Meat, like meat, like chicken, uh, berries and eggs seem to be high up. Uh, and then other items that are non-edible, they'll, they'll prefer an edible item to whatever they have in mm -hmm. their mouth. Uh, I don't know if there's a way to exploit that because I know, I know I watched foxes approach items on the ground and it doesn't matter what the items are. If the fox has no item in their mouth, they will approach an item on the ground. It doesn't matter what it is. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then they prefer the food items. So I don't know yet if that's something that players can um, can take advantage of and get an, a fox to, on purpose, uh, drop a valuable item for the player to then pick up and then pick up uh, food items in a repetitive manner. Like whether yep. they, they will always, like go back and forth from one particular area to another. You couldn't necessarily uh, rely on it for them to farm emeralds, for example. Like if a fox has a chance to spawn with an emerald in its mouth, you might be able to get yeah. the occasional one or two, but you're not going to be able to just respawn foxes no. to get an emerald farm on the go. No, exactly. And I don't know what the spawning situations are for those. And they, they do have some habits, though. Like they, they, um, they'll jump and attack chickens and they will <laughs> uh, nap under trees. The, so if you, know, if you need to send a, send a fox, back to a specific block at the end of the day or the beginning of the day you can put a tree nearby and it will go and nap underneath it yeah they they have to kind of nap in the shade it seems like and they are nocturnal yeah. so they'll be more active at night than they will be in the day so hmm. there could be potential for that almost for them to be a an animated version of a daylight sensor almost like if you can put hmm. a pressure plate or something that they could walk over to on the oh, way yeah. back to their shady spot potentially but then you know that's something that you could probably just replace with a daylight detector anyway so mm -hmm. it's it's kind of it, it's one of those things that's like a It'd be fun in principle, and you can kind of see technical players exploiting it for the fun of it, but it won't necessarily be the most efficient way of doing anything. Obviously, like we're <laughs> we're doing that thing we do where we kind of like pick apart like what are the technical uses for this thing, rather than like acknowledging mm -hmm. the fact that this thing brings so much life to the world. The jumping Absolutely. animation that it does when it goes after chickens and stuff is freaking hilarious. It's so yes. funny. I've seen so many pictures of people like spawning in a ton of foxes in a creative world and having them go after like two or three chickens. There's just this like uh, foxes to blot out the sun kind of thing where they're all like they're all like diving <laughs> inwards on these poor chickens it's it's kind of hysterical and uh, yeah. yeah foxes are quite nimble like that and I, I keep going back to the ones that are in my garden but I've taken videos of them playing and there's like baby foxes and stuff that kind of run around and they they will do that kind of like jumping from side to side kind of thing and they also the 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 napping thing in Minecraft is so cute and exactly like the foxes that nap in my garden when there's like a sunbeam, like they will they will just kind of happily sit there and snooze and they curl up in exactly the same way. So these things are just cute. I don't know if I will end up in, encountering them all that much in terms of the the day to day Minecraft gameplay I participate in, but it's so right, nice yeah. just like running across one of them having a nap under a tree. It's just adorable to me. 
I kind of wish there was a mechanic that would attract them to your builds. You know, like whether they would. I mean, obviously chickens will bring them in, uh, but but I was I wish there was a way for foxes to be a little bit more attracted to say like gardens or something. They because will, otherwise, you're not going to see them. They will wander into villages. Right. That's that's actually a thing. So so if your home is sort of nearby a village, I, I wonder how that's going to work in terms of people making custom villages and playing with the definition mm. of what a village technically is. Like we know that village behaviors are going to be different in 1.14. So we're going to have the necessity for beds to be around. Villages are probably going to have to contain more than just like a villager and a bunch of doors it's going to have to mm. be a bit more of a complex affair but then if foxes are still attracted to areas like that if the game counts it as a village for the purposes of say villager breeding you might get foxes gathering around them almost in the same way that you get zombies gathered around large collections of villagers and yeah. it's going to be interesting to see if you can either trick the fox ai that way or just, you know, hang around in a village for long enough and watch a fox kind of go through and <laughs> effectively go through their bins. They, they, they become <laughs> urban foxes, you know, which there is, you go. is now, kind of neat. What if, yeah. a fox, what if a fox was attracted to the compost bin? That, that could be another good idea. Yeah, I mean, yeah. My, my compost bin is, is very attractive to foxes because they, <laughs> they, they like it there because compost is exothermic and it's warm. So, yeah, yeah it's, it's one of those things that would, would add a dimension to them. But having said that, they already have a lot more dimension than, for example, polar bears, which have maybe one or two behaviors, but are were kind of like... At, at the time, they were kind of blasted for not really adding a huge amount to the game. And mm -hmm. I feel like foxes don't necessarily add a huge amount, but they've got so many little eccentricities and quirks and different behaviors yeah. that they feel a lot more complete than some of those older additions did. Same with parrots. Parrots, they fly around after you, they can sit on your shoulder, they make mob noises occasionally, but I feel like foxes still feel like they have a lot more depth to them than that. Yeah, and I, I, I feel like there's this weird line where like we always ask for more of this kind of stuff, and I'm, I'm, I want to be very clear, I'm not complaining about the foxes. I think they're a perfectly great addition to, to the game. Uh, but I do find that, you know, like that you have this really pretty thing in the game that runs away from you. Yeah. And same thing with the parrot. Like you've got this really cool thing in the parrot and they are the most difficult things to move yeah, around they're, the they're world. Tricky to wrangle, but the... Like the, the, yeah, like, so I'm just curious as to why, I'm, I guess in, same thing in real life. Like, you know, if you're, if you're, if Mo Yang is, is doing the thing that they normally do where, you know, polar bears don't drop anything because they're an endangered species and they don't want to encourage players to kill them foxes in the wild are going to be skittish and run away from you and they don't want kids running out and trying to pet foxes like i mean yeah. i get why you can't tame them and stuff i'm just wondering why there's not a little bit more control so that i guess like a block i kind of would hope that players would want to try to quote unquote decorate their builds with attracting wildlife right yeah and and there doesn't seem to be a way to do that well if no, you I, I if you breed if you breed two foxes together the offspring trusts you that's that's oh, yes. a that's a known mechanic about this one. So I don't know if it then grows up and gets afraid of you once it's an adult. If the behavior is like specific to fox kits, uh, but I think it may be the case that it tracks like okay, this has been bred by the player. If a player is able to get close enough to these foxes with the berries that they breed with, then mm -hmm. like that fox will then trust you. And it's not that it's going to follow you around like a tamed wolf will, but it's mm -hmm. still going to like not run away from you when you encounter it in the wild so if there is some way that maybe you can you know capture a fox within a certain area it's not just going to sit there outside of your house obediently but it's still going to not run away when you're around so there may be a way mm -hmm. of kind of keeping keeping the foxes nearby 
Do you think we're going to be seeing the release of 114 soon now that the last of the Taiga announcement updates have been put in the snapshots? I'm kind of hoping so. I'm sort of left wondering what's left because they've got, obviously they've still got to implement villager behavior sort of cycles and stuff in Java, but I feel yeah. like that's going to be the main thing on their plate now between now and the release of 1.14. So they haven't really rumored any more features. A lot of the stuff in this snapshot, the, the most recent snapshots, the functional blocks and everything did sort of come out of nowhere, but now we know more about their interactions with villagers. They make a lot of sense. And I can't mm. think of a great deal else that they have left to add that they either mentioned at Minecon or, you know, that makes logical sense for them to add and is missing from the next update. So I, I really feel like, especially with the Bedrock update, basically having all of the, you know, pandas and snapshot uh, and uh, crossbows and stuff already, like it, it kind of makes sense that the next update for Bedrock and therefore the next update for Java, which contains all of this stuff, should be just around the corner. Hmm. Yeah, I'm hoping we get it soon. I am starting to feel the need for for the the update features to be to be in game. Like I, yes. I really want to start incorporating them into the into the builds because you're they, they're the, starting the to call feel of, very the finished. call of the village. Yeah, well, the village, the camp, the campfire, foxes now, yeah. berry bushes. I now because I I watched foxes harvest berry bushes, and so it looks like you could potentially use foxes to you know auto harvest berries, which would just be fun and cute and you know all that kind of stuff. Uh, but I'm just I'm just curious to start playing with this kind of thing. Mm -hmm. It's not like I'm bored with Minecraft. Jeez, I played Minecraft for like twelve hours this week. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm perfect. I'm perfectly happy doing some cool stuff in game and hanging out with the community. But I'm just I'm anxious to move forward. You know, yeah. not not leave what we have behind. But I'm just I'm curious for the additions to finally be live so that we can we can um, know what they are finally and and move forward with them. Yeah, and hopefully it's not going to be a situation like 1.13 where it gets delayed and delayed and delayed because yeah, I, I, I don't, do. Yeah, I, I worry for the community's kind of attention span when it comes to this stuff, and if it feels like it's just in a state of limbo where it's not going to come out and nobody really knows when then that's mm -hmm. when you start to lose people a little bit. So hopefully we'll yeah. cross our fingers for that one. So how about we move on to chunk mail? We have a couple of things to read through today. And um, yeah, how about you take the first one? Sure. Uh, we've got a, a message from Logical Geek Boy. And he says, hi, guys. First, thank, uh, Firstly, thank you so much for this amazing podcast. Well, thank you very much. I listen to the show every week while out on my runs as I keep in shape. Now, there's somebody that did not sit on their butt and play 12 hours of Minecraft all weekend. <laughs> Uh, anyway, Pix mentioned wanting to know more about how mob spawning works at the technical level. Well, you might be interested in a new series I'm doing with methods with a double Z from the SciCraft server. I think a lot of people would be familiar with the SciCraft server. It's called Dissecting Minecraft, and we'll be digging into all of the technical aspects of the game, including mob spawning algorithms in future episodes. This series is aimed at a non-technical or semi-technical player uh, in the hopes of teaching everyone something they didn't know before. I'm not expecting you to read this out in the show. Well, too late. Uh, but if you <laughs> want to give us a plug, I'd be more than, ha uh, I'd be more than happy to hear it. Well, congratulations. Uh, I think this kind of stuff is fantastic. Thanks so much for writing in and letting uh, our listeners know, Logical Geek Boy, about uh, a new resource, a new technical resource, because uh, Johnny and I kind of split the, the, the divide of being builders and technical people. But as you know, we question our technical knowledge quite readily on the show. Yeah. yeah. So it's to have something we can point listeners to uh, as, as a very in-depth or an in-depth knowledgeable series that's going to 
be aimed at the non-technical to semi-technical players is fantastic. So thanks so much. Yeah, the first episode of Logical Geek Boys Dissecting Minecraft series is already out on his channel. Um, I'm pretty sure Methods is either mirroring the episodes from his perspective or is going to come up with some content of his own, but they're both Minecraft YouTubers in their own right. Um, it's great. I watched the whole thing. It was about half hour video of them just going through the basic redstone components is the first thing, because obviously in the later episodes in this series, they're going to get into stuff like how flying machines work and a lot more of the kind of ins and outs of both technical Minecraft, redstone stuff, and then presumably all of the mob spawning stuff that we know Psycraft guys mm -hmm. for exploiting to its fullest extent and for sure. yeah Logical Geek Boy has been a member of the Minecraft community the Hermitcraft community for a decent time he's got his own single player series and stuff as well and this video was really well presented I feel like as somebody who makes Minecraft tutorial stuff pretty much constantly now it's a good kind of companion to my survival guide series because I'm showing everything from a survival perspective and somebody in my comments recently kind of asked me to do an episode about the basic redstone components go and watch this instead because i've already incorporated enough of the basic redstone components into my series kind of naturally as i go mm -hmm. that it feels weird to go back and then explain everything from the basics of this is a piece of redstone wire and here is what it does so mm. this this series would be a great companion to that so i recommend keeping track of it it looks like it's going to be really interesting and we'll have a link to uh, their YouTube channel as well as the series in the show notes. Mm -hmm. So uh, next up, we have an email from Beck Phillips who says, Howdy, got a couple of questions for you guys. First, what are your guys' thoughts on foxes? Well, I think we've given you basically all we can on that matter. But uh, the next question you have is great and it's going to lead into the main discussion for, uh, for this week. Uh, second, if you had a say in the matter, would you want Minecraft to move towards a more fantasy style or a more futuristic style? Really enjoying the spawn chunks, glad you're still going strong. P.S. Is there any way for us to get the theme song for the show? Well, it's worth noting here that our patrons who are at the Discord minor level and above get access to the theme song as one of their benefits. It's just an original composition by me and it's available in MP3 form for anybody who wants it if you pledge at the Discord minor level or higher on our Patreon. So anyway, let's go back to that question. Uh, discussion topics. Would you prefer to mi move Minecraft in a fantasy direction in future or a futuristic direction in future in terms of the development of the game? What, what, do, you, what do you think about this? This is an interesting one. Well, as someone that's been researching and planning, you know, a sci-fi-esque build on the Citadel, uh, I immediately lean futuristic. I've, uh -huh. I feel like I see an awful lot of fantasy stuff in castles. We all know that Minecraft tends to lend itself in that way. I don't necessarily think the game has to lend, like, lean futuristic, like, in terms of the... The, the mechanics, the, themes, the gameplay. The, and, the, became, yeah. the gameplay, the mechanics and the boots on the ground feel like yeah. i don't want to see naturally generated minecraft cities or stuff like that like you know i want foxes and wildlife and mountains and exploration i think that's one of the draws of minecraft is that we all well not all a lot of us live in metropolitan areas so going into minecraft is a really cool escape right like that's yeah. part of the appeal uh i wish that there were more futuristic building options mm -hmm. for example having a metal block that's not just an iron block that doesn't look anything like an iron block right <laughs> uh i i would like to have some sort of like metal or uh, anything that you could then paint or 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 craft into different colors like imagine having brown metal trains rusty metal boats bright colored metal modern architecture uh 
It would be also fun from an immersion standpoint, if you're walking across a metal block, that it made that kind of funny metal bong noise, you know, like as if you're walking on scaffolding or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, in the sub block kind of idea, you could also get into metal struts or metal supports. Again, not a lot of function. I mean, Minecraft still has Minecraft gravity, but if you're building a bridge, it would be kind of cool to be able to put that crisscross pattern of supports underneath it without having to build them out of one by one meter blocks. Yeah, um, having having an actual like lattice style block like that. That's what yes. I expected them to do with scaffolding a little bit more yes, as well, me too. which is kind of why I was yeah. disappointed that scaffolding was just like a frame rather than having the cross-shaped struts in the it. The cross-shaped structure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because again, you could have used that for a number of things, like not just futuristic builds, but things like steampunk or things like uh, a Tudor house, you know, those kind of 19th century 18th century styles could could benefit from that as well uh and i've know i've mentioned it before on the show but it, it's less of a futuristic thing and more of a modern thing but i would love to be able to paint wood uh yeah. it would go a long way to kind of creating some unique kind of like interiors uh i know that there's colored there's a colored uh, uh concrete blocks and stuff in the game but they're very bright and they're very flat uh, which is great in some cases, but not so much in others. But I'd like to be able to see some new kinds of metals, being able to make different colors of metals. Uh, I, I'm drawing a blank on other kind of futuristic stuff, but for me, it's it's more about futuristic blocks and getting a little bit more material that the player could then imagine their own futuristic build. You know, if you want to build a space shuttle, it's gonna it it kind of takes you out of it when you have to build it out of wool, you know, yeah, <laughs> to get yeah. it to, to get it to look and, right. And like and you're, you're building yeah. it, the curves have to be made out of like quartz stairs, and then the quartz doesn't quite look like part of the mm -hmm. concrete that's around it. And there's yeah, there's a few right. things that don't quite like mesh super yeah. well. Yeah, now I get that Minecraft doesn't want to get into curves or straight like wedge blocks and things like that. Like I mean, that's what modded is for. If you really want to get into that little nitty gritty, but I think having you know, some metal and some, some other, you know, materials might, might help in that realm. And, and to get outside of the blocks, you know, to return to what we're talking about with the foxes and the immersion, I think, uh, to push more towards the fantasy side of things, uh, or even a little sci-fi, I'm quite happy with, uh, the direction that they are, they take with things like the phantom, uh, or, uh, wither skeletons. I like the idea of the mobs being, outworldly whether they're alien in nature or whether they're fantasy in nature i uh, i think you know more fantasy creatures would be would be welcome that would that would also increase the imagination you know of the player and stuff like that and hashtag flying pigs you know <laughs> i want i want i want some some fun some fun mobs like that yeah i i think the the problem with it is when you're starting a player with nothing in an open landscape there is very little that says futuristic about that by default Whereas yep. we all have this vision of a fantasy or medieval thing being open countryside and like Lord of the Rings style sweeping expanses of mountains and swamp and that kind of thing. So Minecraft provides all of that by default when you log in. So I feel like that naturally lends itself to a fantasy world for it to kind of have a futuristic setting you would kind of have to spawn in a place that looked like the future which mm. ideally means that there are buildings and stuff around you already or it looks like some kind of alien planet where minecraft right now really mimics the real world without using a texture pack that maybe makes the sky look like mars and the grass look like moon rock or something mm -hmm. it's going to be very difficult to portray a futuristic thing when you are starting from nothing and working your way up a tech tree that said 
I do like the idea of having a tech progression that starts out in medieval tech and moves you towards something approaching modern day. It's the kind of thing that you find in mod packs quite a lot, in stuff like SevTech Ages or even Sky Factory, where you start off with just being able to chop down trees and make wood, but then by the third or fourth age that you're building a computer to store all of your items in and everything becomes digitized. And Sky Factory does that with the um i think it's the applied energistics mod or maybe refined storage where you can just build a a computer after you've gotten a few things working but even then you've gone through all of the medieval tech to get there so it really depends what you want to do with end game personally i feel like the charm of minecraft is still in working with pickaxes and swords and stuff like that even if you're building in a modern style which is something that you can do yourself basically any time obviously it takes a lot like you said, without any kind of curved surfaces being available in the game, in order to build something that looks modern, you often have to build really big. So the problem for me with modern and futuristic stuff appearing in Minecraft is not necessarily the like the lack of it being present in Minecraft already, because what's present is your imagination, and you can lend your imagination to those futuristic builds if you want to. The problem is then you are hamstrung in survival, at least, by your inability to build stuff that's particularly tall or like that stuff doesn't get much easier. It remains to be seen whether scaffolding is really going to affect it that much when that's mm. implemented in the next update, because I would love something that enabled me to build taller a lot easier. Had a hard enough time building my hot air balloon in the sky when we yeah. got around to that. So Yeah, I feel like there's something to be said, too, for uh, and I agree with you, the charm in Minecraft uh, and, and having those basic hand tools and things like that. Like, I don't, I don't want a mining laser, yes. you know? Yeah. Uh, I, I, in one, in a way, something like being able to put a beacon sideways, like would be, it would, it wouldn't create, it wouldn't give you any kind of advantage of mining. It could look like one though. Yeah, exactly. Like what right? you're looking so, for is like an effect rather than yeah, an effect. You know, of... like just and then all of this is like the beacon still does the exact same thing. It still affects your mining and still does the thing you wanted to do. It's just that instead of pointing straight up into the sky into infinity, it only goes until it hits the next block, right? Yeah. So then you could control the length of it. That that kind of little change uh, could open up all kinds of really cool stuff. You mean imagine you had a bunch of beacons facing left and right, and it looked it looked <laughs> like even though you could walk right through it, it look it would look like a like a laser wall you know yeah. like stuff like that i think i think could go uh, a long way um you could uh, things like updating glass or, or changing some textures of things like i mean we have animated textures in minecraft with water and lava and fire like being able to take a glass texture and animate it or, or something like that and turn it into what looks like a force field or like there are some things that you could do that i think would be kind of cool i don't like the idea of futuristic stuff spilling into combat like i yeah guns in minecraft to me take it completely out of what it's meant yeah, to be no, like totally. it, it, that that to me is 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 neither here nor there now now remind me i think it was pixar where you had like a drill like this really yeah. weird cartoon like it was cartoony oversized like the drill bit was the size of your head yes um that could be kind of fun, like in a steampunky kind of way. Like maybe you have to power it with coal and it mines a little bit faster than a pickaxe, but not as fast as a beacon. And it's like there's stuff in the middle that I think would be kind of cool because that's still a tool. It's not a weapon. 
Yeah, and the, ga- the uh, game is like it's balanced around the current tech tree, and yeah. it's it's very difficult when you start introducing more powerful weapons because then you have to introduce more powerful enemies, which gives mm-hmm. you the the problem of like you have to gate the player so that they don't come across those until they've reached the point in the tech tree where they can take something more powerful on. So mm-hmm. there's no point in giving you a laser gun when you're still swinging a diamond sword at zombies because just mm-hmm. being able to incinerate yeah. everything from a distance doesn't really lend itself to a feeling of challenge anymore. No. No. So, so when I think new items and new handhold handheld things for for a more futuristic lean, I think more tools than than I do than yeah. I do weapons. Yeah. Yeah. And I I wouldn't mind a few a more futuristic approach when it came to building. Like I'm I'm with you. I mm-hmm. think it's it's kind of fun to have stuff like factory blocks that always get added into mod packs where building is a focus. The things that make the world feel a little bit more kind of industrial and modern. But a lot of the time, those can still be achieved with a simple resource pack if you're okay sacrificing yes. some of the blocks that you don't use particularly often. It, mm-hmm. it really depends on your approach, but so much of Minecraft is rooted in what it looks like in terms of like how you perceive the world around you, and that's something that you can easily kind of change up with a resource pack. There aren't all that many sci-fi-style resource packs out there, which I think is a bit of a gap in the market for anybody who wants to get into texture pack making in particular, because when I look around for stuff in Minecraft, I can very easily find packs like Conquest, which favor medieval Mm -hmm. builders even more heavily than the existing texture pack does. But it is rare that you find a very popular pack that gets used for modern stuff. So it would be interesting to see if there are any recommendations out there for that. uh, I have one. It's called Odyssey. Okay. And it's available for Java in the beta version, but it is on Bedrock. I believe it's on the Minecraft marketplace, uh-huh. which is why they discontinued the um the the Java version. Uh but it's it's really well, I should say it's really subtle. It's it's not something where it changes everything so far where you're just like I have no idea what I'm looking at. Uh it's pretty easy to sort out what's what. Um, what I liked about it is that they, they changed the biomes into different planet themes. So like red grass versus purple plants and stuff like that. Yeah. So if you played on a world with large biomes, the, the sky, uh, the sky texture would change as you go from biome to biome. And it, it's, it's very, very cool. I, I, I threw it in on the Citadel just to kind of explore, uh, different things like the glass texture does look like a force field and there are some really fun things there are some things that are just like well that's arbitrary like they changed the potatoes to be weird and that's fine um but i like the idea of having like some of the terracotta blocks instead of being uh geometric patterns there there are things like having that red and yellow hash line like mm-hmm. the caution line so that you can add that kind of stuff into into builds the kind of things that you would see watching the aliens movies or star trek or star wars or bay doors and things that have like lines around them for caution and big industrial type things but check out odyssey uh, uh online i think there was some other ones i looked at but they weren't they were they were very very non minecrafty like odyssey was the closest thing that i found and what what was that map that you played with zloy uh that was that was very sci-fi opposite Opposite world that had a fun sci-fi look to it where you're walking through what still felt like minecraft and you're looking at this yellow it's a bright yellow block but it had like rivets in the corners and it was just enough to be like okay that's not made of wool right like that's made of something solid i don't need to know exactly what but it just has that sort of manufactured feel to it and and I, I think that, that that would be a good one to look at as well. 
Yeah, for sure. So as always, it would be great to hear what the folks at home think about this particular discussion. Do you guys feel like Minecraft could move in a more futuristic direction? Do you like it staying rooted in a fantasy world? And where do you think the middle ground could be found in that? I would love to hear you guys' thoughts on that. As always, I'm sure we'll be having a discussion about that in the Discord as well. But I think for this show, that is going to be all from us for this week. You can find out more information about the show and links to some of the stuff we talked about at thespawnchunks.com. The music for the show was composed by me, and The Spawn Chunks is proud to be a listener-supported podcast. If you get value out of the show, consider putting some value back in by joining our Patreon community at patreon.com slash thespawnchunks, where pledging at any level will get you an invite to our patrons-only Discord chat and get us, closely, uh, get us closer to our quarterly Patreon hangout goal currently we are up eight patrons from last week at 61 and we keep joking about the fact that we're going to be like at a full stack of patrons by the end of the month i think it might be this week i think we might actually get a few more people on board this week and if we could that would be absolutely fantastic it's only you know a dollar minimum to support the show and it's a dollar per show but it would be fantastic to reach that milestone feels like a very minecrafty number to reach and we'd be very proud to do that and I want to give a shout out to all of the existing patrons in uh, in the Discord. Uh, nothing but warm welcomes and shout outs to all the new folks this week. And everybody seems to be really enjoying their first moments on the Discord server, which is just, it's heartwarming to see. I really, I really enjoy the community. I, I can't say that enough. So thanks Absolutely. so much to everybody. Spreading the word is the easiest and uh, cheapest way to support the show. Just tell your friends. You can find us on The Spun Chunks on Twitter and Instagram. And you can also do things like recommend uh, to your friends when you're chatting with them on Discord while you're playing Minecraft. Or, you know, if you see someone in person, you're going to school with somebody, just poke them in the arm and say, hey, this is a cool podcast. You should probably listen to it. You can email the show and let us know what you t- uh, your thoughts on what we talked about today at thespawnchunks at gmail.com. And you can subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform like iTunes, Android, Stitcher, and Spotify. The RSS feed is on thespawnchunks.com and the patron-only RSS feed is on the Patreon page and that is the only place that you can listen to the render distance, the extended version of the podcast. My name is Pixel Riffs and you can find most of what I do at youtube.com slash pixelriffs where I attempt to make sense of this crazy and wonderful game in a series called The Minecraft Survival Guide. I'm also the voice for the unofficial Hermitcraft recap where you can, which you can find through a quick YouTube search and I stream three days a week on Twitch where I play a few other games and dip into Minecraft on the weekends. Aside from that, I'm at Pixel Riffs on both Twitter and Instagram. Joel, where can people find you online? Everything that I am doing online is at joelduggan.com. That includes links to social media, my portfolio, uh, the art stuff that I do, as well as podcasts like the Citadel Cafe, where I talk about sci-fi and geeky entertainment, and Comics Coast to Coast, where when we can get a guest, we interview comic creators, illustrators, and animators. You can follow me on YouTube and Twitch with just my name. Head on over to Twitch. That's what I've been doing mostly lately and having a lot of fun over there. But keep your eye on YouTube because I have some Vastin related videos where I'm building a ginormous tree. And so people that are interested in the behind the scenes planning that go into that, uh, there's some Photoshop and some pixel art and some concept painting. Uh, so some of it is Minecraft content and some of it is a mix but that's at youtube.com slash Joel Duggan. Thanks for visiting the Spawn Chunks. The world outside is infinite. Hide your chickens!